Now we will start question and answer for 15 minutes. Could your holiness explain a little bit more about what you mean by the words method and wisdom? When we speak of method and wisdom in Buddhism, method is referring to uh, primarily those uh, actions or those things which will act as a cause for being able to generate a form body of a Buddha or a Rupa Kaya. So there are various practices that will act as causes for those, whereas uh, when we speak of method, this is referring to those uh, actions or things which will go to build up uh, a store of deep awareness or a collection of insight which will act as a cause for uh, achieving the mind or the omniscient state, the omniscience of a Buddha. Uh, a general presentation in the Dharma is of uh, the uh, two truths as the basis, then uh, method and wisdom, this pair as the path, and then the two types of body or corpuses that a Buddha has as the result. Dangle in terms of these two types of bodies or corpuses that a Buddha has, the uh, corpus of the mind of, a, of a, the enlightening forms of the body of a Buddha are things which are uh, uh, actually involved with being for the benefit of others because they are the things that others uh, can actually meet with and which will actually uh, directly bring about benefit to others. So the enlightening forms or rupakaya of a Buddha are things which are for the benefit of others. Now, uh, where the uh, body of a Buddha is, then the mind must also be present because body and mind are inseparable. Uh, therefore, if one has not achieved the omniscient uh, state, the omniscient mind of a Buddha, one will not be able to have infinite forms, enlightening forms that can go and benefit others. So we have the uh, enlightening mind of a Buddha, uh, which is uh, uh, something which is for the benefit of oneself or a meaningful purpose for oneself. And this is the basis then for allowing one to have meaningful benefit for others with one's actual physical bodies of a Buddha. 
Now, if we ask what are the things within the categories of method and wisdom, then in the category of method, there is the far-reaching attitudes of uh, generosity, tolerance or patience, love, compassion, and so forth. And on the side of wisdom, uh, what would be included are the various types of wisdom. Uh, primary among them would be the uh, wisdom with which we understand uh, a lack of true existence or voidness. Although you could include the wisdom of understanding impermanence and so on, and the different types of uh, emptiness, uh, it's primarily the uh, wisdom which under- with which we understand a lack of true inherent existence. Mm-hmm. Buddhism teaches that innumerable sentient beings want to or have to be liberated. This infinite number can make one hopeless. Is there a hope that all can be liberated? It, uh, when we think of uh, infinite uh, li- sentient beings or limited beings, this is something which... Generally speaking, not sentient it is helpful to think even of things which are impossible to establish, to, to realize. And this is helpful uh, for developing one's own resolution and determination to practice. So this in general is true. And it is also the case for Bodhisattva, who generate many prayers who are, well, sorry, which are in fact impossible to fulfill. Mm. In general, when we speak about uh, samsara, uncontrollably recurring existence, it's something which has no end. And likewise, uh, when we think of sentient beings or limited beings, they also are without any end or infinite. Likewise, the Buddhas are uh, limitless. Uh. So, is there an infinite number of Buddhas? There is no problem to pray to the infinity of Buddhas. Just one. 
ตัสเนจเมรุโมรียูเลียรันชินนัมดาเยเบชานะซัมตัมเบนะนี่ซานเกรุนชินีเยเบสุจาเรยินายาสินเจคอร์ทามะเบอินดุซานะซินเจซ
recitation or recite some certain mantras. Now it depends performer, the quality of the performer. So uh, in general, um, if we think of uh, uh, situations aside from uh, helping others with medical treatment, then uh, it is possible to uh, do certain meditations or perform uh, certain mental uh, acts which can be of help to others. To recite mantras, for instance. However, the uh, main ability to uh, be of help comes from the side of the person themselves who is experiencing the difficulty. Yes. Uh, Your Holiness said that the Jonangas, the ones who assert other voidness, could achieve realizations. What level can they achieve and can they gain liberation? Oh, liberation is not there. Liberation is not there. ああ。しゃあ、君だけ飛んで、ゆんと、天と死けるのは、とばらん、死けるやれ。だって、うん。そう見ると、あれ、ちゃうやれ。たまたまだよ、あれ。だって、だんだんじゃべ、だんがげに
what I was uh, speaking primarily about during the first session. No, up to, up to, Dharma. It was up to the Dharma. Now Sangha, Sangha, Senibadi, Tagilayagi, Golan, but you choose to do the getting it, Pagbekin, Senibache. That in Diggy, I should read, Toka, the Julie Kim, maybe so ye can do. When she say in Shelly, any chicken do get turtle shelly. So ye get on, she say in Shelly, when we speak of the uh, Sangha jewel, the Sangha jewel is referring to those uh, who have uh, achieved the actual uh, true cessations and true, or true stoppings and true paths of the mind on their mind stream. So this is referring to the highly realized beings or the Aryas and above. However, uh, so that's primarily the Arya Sangha. Uh, but uh, when we speak of uh, ordinary beings as members of the Sangha, then when we talk about a gathering of four or more of these, then this can act as a representative of the Sangha. From the Mahayana point of view, those who have achieved the first level of uh, uh, highly realized mind or the first bodhisattva bhumi and above would be included within the Arya Sangha. So when we speak here of the Buddhas, the Dharma or the preventive measures and the community of the Sangha, these are the three jewels of refuge that give us safe and sound direction. And the way that we approach this is first we get an understanding of the two levels of truth, then based on that we derive the four noble truths, and then on the basis of that we derive the three jewels of refuge. Uh, this is the uh, uh, way in which it's uh, derived in terms of the, uh, the text called Prasanna Pada, the clear words, and uh, the filigree of realizations are Abhisamaya Alankara. That didn't it? So within this first verse, the clear evolved ones, preventive measures, community, these we have discussed as the three jewels, and the next is the source, which is referring to Buddha nature, and this will be explained below. Nesumrikshadi Mm-hmm. 
So these are the seven points that are diamond strong. The sequential connection of these that is due to their own defining characteristics in the order in which they are to be understood is as in an exposition on a theme requested by Dharani Raja. From its introduction, one is to be aware of three of its points, while four from its delineations of the measures of those with the knowing attitude and the triumphant ones. So the source in the sutras for all these seven points uh, can be taken in two ways. Uh, there are individual sutras from which uh, each of these points derive individually, but then also there is one sutra, namely this one mentioned in the text, an exposition on a theme requested by Dharani Raja, in which all the points are presented. From its introduction, then uh, the first three of the seven points derive, whereas the uh, other four, the second four, come from uh, its chapters which deal with the measures or the dharmas of those with the knowing attitude, the bodhisattvas, and the measures of the triumphant ones or the buddhas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Then Kanda as for the uh, third verse, this is speaking in terms of uh, one presentation here. And uh, in terms of that, uh, one, it presents the order in which these seven are to be understood. So first we have the clear evolved, or the Buddhas, and uh, based on being a Buddha, then uh, the uh, Buddhas uh, give forth or indicate the preventive measures, or the Dharma, and then from these uh, uh, indications in the scriptures and so forth that they give of the preventive measures of Dharma, then uh, you have the community, uh, which are the things that they themselves practiced, then you get the highly realized community or Sangha of those who practice it as well. Now, from this uh, community, uh, one can understand the uh, central factor deep awareness which is the source up to its ultimate attainment. This is referring to the Buddha nature or the essential factors of deep awareness and so forth, which is the source uh, within uh, all these uh, members 
which will allow them to reach enlightenment. So attaining to that deep awareness, one attains to the supreme state of purified growth. So when one depletes the various stains or gets rid of the stains that are obscuring this source or essential factors within everyone, then one achieves the state in which all of them have been depleted, all these states, uh, stains are depleted, that's the state of enlightenment or purified growth. When one has that uh, state of enlightenment, then one possesses the powers and so forth. These are the qualities of that state of enlightenment. And uh, possessing all these qualities oneself, then one, has the, uh, one possesses the measures that bring meaningful benefit to others. In other words, one has the enlightening influence to be able to then br- help bring about the depletion of stains from other people's uh, Buddha natures. So one is able then to help bring them to enlightenment. So it's in this way that one understands the order of these seven points. Mm-hmm. So after uh, this verse, the third verse, which presents these points in order, then uh, the verses which follow after that present the actual uh, three sources of safe direction or refuge. That Mato Kasure the way in which this uh, text explains, we start here with the fourth verse, I bow to the one who with no beginning, middle, or end, and a serene stillness, has what is clear-minded and fully evolved himself, becoming clear and evolved from his own aspects, and once clear evolved, shows fearless, or the word can be spelled without, either with or, within, or without, the uh, sa suffix at the end of the word jik, and so it can be taken either as fearless or as non-perishing, 
who shows either fearless or non-perishing constant paths of the mind to bring realization to those with no realization and who, holding the supreme sword and diamond-strong lightning scepter of omniscient awareness and intense loving concern, cuts down the sprouts of all problems and smashes the walls of indecisive wavering that are surrounded by a dense growth of varying outlooks. So this is a, uh, uh, an abbreviated showing of the point. So then the uh, next verse, the fifth verse, the state of clear evolvement is unaffected, spontaneously accomplishes all, is not realized under the circumstances of others, possesses omniscient awareness, intense loving concern and powerful ability, and possesses a meaningful benefit for both. This verse takes the essence of what is explained in the first verse, in other words, the abbreviated showing of it, and then uh, lays it all out, giving uh, specific names to each of the points, or identifying each of the points. And then the next three verses, because it has a self-nature with no beginning, middle, or end, it is unaffected. Because it has a serene, stilled corpus encompassing everything, it is spoken of as spontaneously accomplishing all. Because it is to be realized by each one individually, it is not realized under the circumstances of others. Because it has the realization of these three aspects like this, it has omniscient awareness. Because it indicates the paths of the mind, it has a heart of intense loving concern. It has powerful abilities because it can bring about the riddance of problems and disturbing attitudes through deep awareness and a compassionate, sympathetic heart. With the first three, there is meaningful benefit for oneself, while with the latter three, a meaningful benefit for others. The technique that's followed here in the presentation in the text then is with these uh, next these last three verses just read, it takes the uh, meaning which was given in the first verse and it takes the giving of the, the identification of each of the points which is given in the second verse and then it combines it together in order to explain what's going on with this uh, entire point that's being explained. So this is the technique which is followed in the presentation of the material in the text. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessary to go through a, a complete uh, commentary on each of the words of the text. But uh, if we ask uh, what is a, a Buddha, or a state of clear involvement of, of a Buddha, it's a state which is, uh, has eight qualities, the first of which is it's something which is unaffected or unconditioned. Mm-hmm. So 
So when it says it's unaffected, it is referring back, and when it says in the fifth verse, the state of clear involvement is unaffected, it's referring back to the, uh, I bow to the one who with no beginning, middle, or end from the first verse, and uh, it uh, is explained in terms of the first part of the sixth verse because it has a self-nature with no beginning, middle, or end. So because this state is, does not have a, a birth in which it's cre- a birth or a, in the beginning, it doesn't have a, a, an abiding in the middle or isn't something which uh, is, uh, perishes at the end, it has this type of self-nature, the state of clear involvement, and uh, therefore it's something which is unaffected or unconditioned, having no beginning, middle, or end, or no true arising, abiding, and perishing. Right. ดิชินดุมะเชยเบชานะดาดุจินจิสตาตุเจวะมะบาดาเทยวันกะนะบะมะบาอ๋อกะบะเมเรชานะเนซอนตาจีดอกะบะเรอ๋อตายะอืมช
or the, uh, the corpus of awareness that encompasses everything, uh, this is something which uh, we can't say is uh, uh, unaffected by causes and circumstances, but rather we would have to say it's unaffected in the sense that it's unaffected by karma and disturbing attitudes. Uh now, the uh, wisdom uh, Dharmakaya, or the deep awareness corpus that encompasses everything of a Buddha, is something which is uh, uh, not. It's something. It's not something which we can say is unaffected by causes and circumstances. Uh, we have to say that it's something which is unaffected by karmic impulses and disturbing attitudes. But also, we can understand it from the third sense of unaffected. That it's unaffected in terms of uh, its uh, uh, way of appearing. Uh, in terms of uh, sometimes at sometimes appearing to the side of disciples and then uh, at other times ceasing uh, from appearing to disciples. So it's not like uh, emanation bodies or form bodies of a Buddha which sometimes from the side of uh, disciples appear to them and that at another time will disappear or uh, perish uh, to their sight. Uh, it's not like that and so it's unaffected by this type of uh, appearance aspect. So we have to understand what unaffected means in various uh, situations according to the context. Nyamji the second of the uh, qualities is that uh, it spontaneously accomplishes all, and the reason for this is given as because it has a serene, stilled corpus encompassing everything, it is spoken of as spontaneously accomplishing all. So, it, uh, when we spoke about it being unaffected, 
uh, it's unaffected in terms of arising and disappearing to the uh, minds of uh, others. When, uh, if something were to spontaneously accomplish all, it would have to, it would uh, not be something which just appears sometimes and then disappears. Uh, that wouldn't be able to spontaneously accomplish all. It can only spontaneously accomplish all if it is always uh, appearing. Now, if one has not achieved uh, a serenely uh, stilled corpus encompassing everything, in other words, if one hasn't achieved a dharmakaya in which we have stilled uh, the um, instincts or the propensities for things to appear in a discordant manner, uh, then if we haven't done that, if we haven't stilled these things, then what happens is that we can only uh, intermediately be in total absorption or in subsequent realization. We can't have the two constantly simultaneously. If we have the two intermittently, one, sometimes we have one and sometimes we have the other, then uh, we're not in a situation in which we can spontaneously accomplish all because we are, inter- we are intermittent, we are not constant. So the fact of it uh, spontaneously accomplishing all, the reason for that is that it has this wisdom uh, body, uh, dharmakaya, corpus encompassing everything, which is serenely stilled of the state of uh, appearing only intermittently because of uh, not being able to have simultaneous total absorption and voidness and subsequent realization. Soso Ranga Toshin, Shinji Jin, you told me, but in a tedevit, Kashurita, Tedevita, Nada, Tedevita, Nada, sorry, Tedevita, Rangshinti, Soso Rangibi, Yishi, Jew, Mado, Sanja Nampe, the Connect Jew Chen, that's also Rangibi, Yishi, Jew. Then the third quality, it's not realized under the circumstances of others, is explained as because it is to be realized by each one individually. Uh, which means that uh, this uh, wisdom body of a Buddha is something which uh, can uh, only uh, be understood among the Buddhas themselves or realized individually among them themselves and cannot be something uh, fathomed by those other than the Buddhas. <laughs> That's then uh, it possesses omniscient awareness simultaneously uh, and constantly. Because it has the two constants simultaneously, it has awareness of both the extent of what exists and also the manner in which everything exists. So because it has this aspect of uh, all the uh, obscurations to being aware of everything uh, removed, which was causing the subsequent realization and the the, uh, total absorption to be alternating because that's removed, it's able to be aware of 
both what it, the extent of what exists and the way in which all exists simultaneously, and so therefore it has omniscient awareness. Lambda is not to tell us. Shangi Madobo Tobechido, Ranta, Lamyonso, Tertiary Lamyonso, Simjing, Kamda Mabata Summer, Dembechina, to tell us. Then the next quality is it has intense loving concern, and uh, this is uh, because it indicates the paths of the mind. And so, because this, in this, this state is one which uh, possesses a deep, intense loving concern for others, love, compassion, and so forth, and indicates the paths of the mind with this uh, type of uh, state, then it is said to have a heart of intense loving concern. The fact that uh, the uh, Buddha is able to teach, a Buddha is able to teach in accordance with the aspirations and dispositions and uh, idiosyncrasies one Buddha, of all right. different disciples one with one single uh, uh, teaching, with one single expression, this is something which uh, shows to us that the Buddha has great respect for each person. No, 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 not that way. It brings great oh. respect. Once you understand or realize, you see, that thing, that you see, uh, there's so many different teachings within Buddhism, you see, happen because of um, so many mental dispositions, not Buddha's own knowledge. So you see, in reality, Maybe one. But because of this so many mental disposition, so you see Buddha compared to speak something different, something different views. So once you realize that, this is very much helpful to develop deep respect for all different religions. Clear. That did you share? That's and it has powerful abilities uh, because it can bring about the riddance of problems and disturbing attitudes. So having uh, these various qualities of uh, omniscience and intense loving concern and so forth, uh, it, uh, the state of Buddhahood is one with the powerful ability to be able to uh, bring about the elimination and the riddance of others' problems and disturbing attitudes. And how can it do this? It does this because of or through uh, its deep awareness or its omniscience and its compassionate, sympathetic heart. Yeah. So that is the explanation of the Buddhas. And if uh, this were to be explained uh, uh, well and extensively, 
uh, with if there were a, a lot of time, then this should be explained in terms, in connection with the discussion in the second chapter of Pramanavartika, that's a uh, commentary on what is valid, uh, in which uh, it establishes the existence of liberation and establishes the existence of omniscience. Now, the next is the discussion of the preventive measures or the Dharma, and this uh, has also eight qualities of being unimaginable without the two, and so on. And this is presented in the text with the, in the same method as uh, we had in the previous point about the Buddhas. So the first verse, verse 9, presents the uh, meaning in a summarized form. Then the next verse, verse 10, uh, lays out the names of the various uh, points which are being made. And then the following two verses, 11 and 12, uh, put together the uh, words or these names of the points together with their meanings as had been presented in verse 9. <laughs> So the uh, verses read, I bow to the sun which is the hallowed preventive measures which is neither totally non-existent nor truly existent neither both truly existent and non-existent, nor something other than either truly existent or non-existent, which cannot be intellectualized, is parted from words to make it definite, must be known individually by oneself, is a serene stillness and which is stainless, is a deep awareness having illumination with rays of light, and destroys any attachment, hostility, or murkiness regarding any focal object. The preventive measures are that which is unimaginable, without the two and without conceptual thinking, and that which is something pure, clarifying, and on the side of being an opponent, brings this about. In other words, what is and what brings about a parting from attachment and has the defining characteristics of the two truths. What is involved in being parted from attachment can be summarized under true stoppings and true paths of the mind. The order in which these are to be understood should be known in terms of the qualities three and three. Because it cannot be intellectualized, now this is referring to the quality of it being unimaginable, uh, which was uh, referred to, which cannot be uh, intellectualized in the first verse. Uh, because it cannot be verbalized is referring to the fact that uh, it is parted from words to make it definite. In other words, it can't be pinpointed down with uh, words. 
And because it is known by the highly realized, it is unimaginable. Uh, it is something which is, must be known uh, in, by, individually by oneself because uh, as a, uh, an ordinary being, one uh, cannot uh, understand or realize it, but it's only something which can be known by the highly realized Aryas. So in, uh, at the end of verse 10, when it says it has the defining characteristics of the two truths, these are the two truths uh, out of the four noble truths, referring specifically to the two truths on the purifying side, referring to true stoppings and true paths of the mind. So you should not understand this as referring to the two truths uh, in the context of the two levels of truth, the relative and ultimate it's not referring to that, it's referring to true stoppings and true paths of the mind. Uh, it is a serene stillness since it is without the two. Uh, this is referring to, uh, without the two, referring to karma and disturbing attitudes, or impulses and disturbing attitudes. And uh, it is stilled, it's a stillness because it is parted from them, and it's without conceptual thinking. Uh, this is in verse 12, by the way, because it is uh, without any incorrect consideration. So it doesn't consider things in an incorrect way. So it doesn't. So that is the meaning of being without conceptual thinking. Then So the uh, last line in verse 12, the three, purity and so forth, are similar to the sun. This is referring to the three qualities in verse 10, pure, clarifying, and on the side of being an opponent. And these three are uh, similar to the sun, the sense that it's uh, pure and that it's, uh, been, uh, it's purified of 
the uh, various uh, obscurations, the mental obscurations. Uh, this can be referring to the obscurations which are disturbing attitudes, which here are called the obscurations of attachment in this uh, uh, text. Then uh, there's the uh, obscurations which uh, are with respect to all knowable phenomenon. Here they are the... Uh, referred to as the obstacles of being impeded or impeded about all the obstacle, all knowables. And the third set of obscurations is sometimes referred to as the obscurations uh, to, of the uh, modest-minded ones. And so since it's uh, purified of all these, then uh, it's able to uh, be uh, clear, like the sun, to make things clear. Uh, so that's referring to, when it's the purity side of it, is referring to the true cessations or true stoppings aspect of the jewel of dharma. And when it says it's on the side of being an opponent, that's referring to the true paths aspect or side of the uh, dharma jewel. <音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音><音
So there's not much time, so there's no need to really explain this. The next verse, verse 19, there is a presentation of three sources of safe direction in terms of the ones indicated, their indications, and the ones who are training, as this has been made under the influence of there being three vehicles of the mind and those with fervent regard for three types of actions. So this is a discussion of why there are the three refuges, the three jewels. Rang this presentation here of the three sources of safe direction or refuge is in terms of the sources taken from our own future results before we were speaking about resultant refuge or taking refuge or direction from the results that we ourselves will attain in the future. And uh, when we describe in terms of that, then there's the presentation of the three jewels in terms of the three types of uh, disciples uh, and the type of results that each of them are aiming for. In other words, we have the shravakas or the listeners, and the listeners are aiming uh, for the situation in which uh, they're practicing and aiming towards a situation in which the Buddha himself or a Buddha has uh, come and is, and is present and they themselves through their own uh, type of wisdom and understanding with their own type of motivation wish to or are aiming to become a member, to become arhats or liberated beings and thus to become a member of the entourage or the circle of those around the Buddha. So in this way you have the presentation of the Sangha or the community uh, uh, jewel in terms of this being the resultant aim of the listeners. Now for the self-evolvers or the Pratika Buddhas, uh, these are ones who are practicing uh, at the time when a Buddha is not present 
uh, on the earth, and during those times of uh, difficult situations, famines, and so forth, uh, then they wish to uh, be able to uh, achieve the uh, various, uh, uh, their own state of arhatship or liberation by means of practicing the Dharma or the preventive measures alone. And so the uh, ultimate uh, aim or, or main point upon which the whole self-evolver or Pratika Buddha path revolves is the point of the Dharma itself, the Dharma jewel. And so you have the presentation of the Dharma gem in terms of the self-evolving Pratika Buddhas. But uh, when we turn to the Bodhisattvas, those with a vast-minded, expanding heart of Bodhicitta, they are uh, aimed at uh, their intention and their heart is uh, expanding out to all uh, limited beings or sentient beings and they wish to achieve the state of a Buddha in order to be able to help them. And so in terms of their aspiration, there's the presentation of the Buddhas or the state of clear evolvement. So it's in terms of these three different types of practitioners, the listeners, the self-evolving Prateka Buddhas, and the vast-minded Bodhisattvas, that uh, we have the uh, presentation of the three gems or the three sources of safe direction in terms of the future results towards which each of these three types of disciples aim. Uh, now, there are also uh, uh, provisional uh, sources of uh, safe direction or refuge. Mm-hmm. But if we speak of the deepest level or ultimate source of uh, direction, uh, this is the Buddhas alone. Now, the reason for this, uh, why the ultimate or deepest level source of direction is the Buddha's uh, alone, is explained in the next verse, the next verses, uh, because it is to be got rid of, is uh, uh, referring to the... uh, This is referring to the uh, scriptural indications of uh, the uh, Buddhas. In other words, there's scriptural teachings, and these are things which one has to rely upon. But once one has relied upon them, uh, the scriptural indications, and actually gained the realizations and so forth through them, then one no longer needs uh, to rely on the scriptural sources, and so therefore uh, the Dharma in terms of the textual preventive measures is not an ultimate uh, source of refuge, and therefore it's said to be because it is to be got rid of, the first line of verse 20. The next line of that verse 20, because it is an item that is fallacious, this is referring to the uh, realizations uh, on the mind stream of highly realized bodhisattvas or Arya bodhisattvas, they have a level of deep awareness 
which is not the ultimate level of deep awareness, and it is not the uh, deep awareness that actually is uh, what is going to be uh, the, brought into the state of uh, enlightenment. So uh, that level of realization type of preventive measures or dharma is not an ultimate source of direction or refuge because it is an item that is fallacious. It's not the ultimate deep awareness. Mm-hmm. Then the next reason is because it is a non-existence. This is referring to the uh, true stoppings or true cessations on the uh, mind stream of the uh, Sangha. You're referring to the uh, liberated beings or the arhats in which they gain a release without residue or uh, uh, nirvana without residue. And uh, that's uh, referring to the uh, mere cessation or stilling of the uh, true problems and true sources of problems, the first two truths, on their mind stream. So it's a non-existence merely of that. And uh, uh, that is a reason why it is not an ultimate source of refuge either. Then the uh, Arya, so the true stoppings, are not uh, that aspect of the preventive measures, are not an ultimate source of refuge because they are just a non existence. And then referring to the uh, jewel of the Sangha, this is something uh, which is also not an ultimate or the deepest source of safe direction because it has fear, it says in the text. That's referring to the uh, liberated uh, listeners or shravakas. They still have on their mind stream the obscurations to being able to know all knowable things. And so in that sense they have fear and in that sense they are limited and do not have uh, the ability to give us or to provide us uh, with ultimate or deepest level safe direction. Tambe then the text continues, uh, the concludes that uh, verse, because of these four reasons, the preventive measures in their two aspects and the highly realized community are not continual supreme sources of safe direction. So on the deepest level of fact, the source of direction, the deepest level source of direction for wandering beings is the clear evolved ones alone. And now it gives the reasons 
for uh, why we should not think that uh, since it says here that the clear evolved ones are the Buddhas alone are the source of direction, that there is no presentation of the three refuges or the three gems, uh, that uh, the other two are eliminated because it said that the clear evolved ones alone, the Buddhas alone, are the source of refuge or safe direction. And it says because the able ones have a corpus that encompasses everything. In other words, the Buddhas themselves, although they are the ultimate uh, source of uh, direction, they possess the other sources, of, they uh, include the other two gems in the sense that they themselves have a dharmakaya, a corpus that encompasses everything, so they include the dharma refuge. And because they are the ultimate endpoint for the intent community, in other words, this is the uh, endpoint or the aim, the, the ultimate thing, this attainment of enlightenment, which the intent community of the Sangha is intent upon or heading towards. So uh, this is the way of commenting according to Mucho uh, Tome Sambo's commentary. Then the next verse, verse 22, explains why they are called the uh, rare and supreme gems. And this is easy, one just has to read it. Because their occurrence is rare, because they are stainless, because they have strength, and because they become adornments for those with a perishable basis, because they are what is supreme, and because they are inalterable, they are the rare and supreme gems. So of the four diamond strong or vajra points of the uh, furthest everlasting stream, uh, this concludes the discussion of the first three. Mm-hmm. And uh, the next one, the source uh, for clear evolvement or the Buddha nature will be discussed tomorrow. This is completely bored everybody, is it uh, so tough? Mm. <laughs>